You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everybody, Pick 6 Podcast. Talking a little 2023 early mock draft. Me, Ryan Wilson, Chris Paso, Josh Edwards. No Will Brinson because he's off to... uh, go camping he says so if you see him out and about somewhere other than a campground please let us know because I, I know he's not camping. uh it's what is this this is may 6th last year this time guys that's when he took uh he just disappeared mysteriously to to get the hair plugs replanted so that would be my guess we'll all find out together what happens all right guys the draft 2022 versions in the books gonna talk a little 2023 because it's never too early uh pro tip it is way too early to be talking about 2023 guys <laughs> But before we get there, and we were talking about this briefly uh, before we started uh, recording here, I don't know if you guys know off the top of your head, but I actually made a count of it. Um, Josh, I'll ask you first. Do you have any idea how many players, and you watch a ton of players. You watch more players than me and Trapped, I'm pretty sure. How many players got drafted that you didn't watch? Do you know? I don't know exactly. I would say probably 15. Ish. And you and how many how many players did you watch all told? More than four hundred. I think it was about four fifty. Four fifty. All right, yeah. traps. You have any idea? Mine was around that too. Um, I but yeah, there were definitely some names late in the process, and even like round six, where I was like, man, I didn't know that this guy was on the draft radar whatsoever. So if between the three of us, if there was ten to fifteen, I think there was more players in this twenty twenty two draft than normal that were like who in the hell is this guy that I've ever remember in covering the draft? And do you know how many guys you watched? I watched like 350. Yeah, so I watched about 350 as well, and I counted it up. I had 28 dudes that got drafted that I didn't watch. So there were about 28 guys that were undrafted free agents that I did watch, and a couple Mm -hmm. guys that I had as undrafted free agents who got drafted. Um, (laughs) If you're watching CBS Sports HQ right now uh, at uh, 1 p.m. on May 6th, you will see Tim Doyle wearing a pink sports coat with white piping mm. don't say every day nice. but the very first guy that went off the board the highest someone went uh in the actual draft of, of which I, a player hadn't seen was was sam wilmack the cornerback on toledo that went to san francisco had you seen him chris i hadn't no that was my first one too and had you seen him josh i had not geez 450 and no sam wilmack so only Either. one in the fifth round handful of guys in the second round starting the christian benford the cornerback out of villanova I saw he got some buzz before the actual draft, but I was like, you know what? If the Villanova guy gets drafted, I'll let Josh worry about <laughs> writing that up in real time. And then the seventh round. I actually round, did him. Oh, yeah, good, great. I did too. Great. And the seventh round was just a, a free-for-all. I got crushed every other pick pretty much with these guys. Uh, Traps, you mentioned a, a, A.J. R. Curie, uh, the Michigan State tackle. Xander Horvath prior to that, didn't watch him. Nazine Johnson prior to that didn't see him so i think that the biggest takeaway traps you sort of touched on is that this class more than any other and i'm sure covid year had a lot to do with that it was just a free-for-all and, and we didn't get any really we got some insights late in, in the process of names to watch and i watched a lot of those guys let me see if i can find them real quick um and, and that was a huge help um but at the end of the day there were a ton of dudes 
Uh, like James Houston, I, I think we all watched him. I did watch Chris Olakun, Oladokun. Uh, uh, Oladokun, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deron Bland, Fresno State, he got drafted. Devin Harper, I don't think he got drafted, or he may have. He actually did get I drafted. Think he, did, yeah. he did, yeah. Height, weight, speed guy. Um, Curtis Brooks, I think undrafted free agent, maybe. Uh, he got drafted. He got drafted. So defensive class, Cincinnati. I watched. Okay, him. there you go. Yep. So those were guys. Uh, Luigi, is that how you say it? Luigi. Belay yeah. out of Wake Forest, the Michigan yeah. transfer. Watched him, another height, weight, speed guy. So there were some names there, and it was just hit or miss. Yeah, you sort of really didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but hey, that's why the draft's exciting. Yeah. So yeah, I just want to do a quick little recap there because <laughs> there are a ton of guys, and this is the most uh, like three fifty is the most I've watched um, in any prior draft. So I thought I was on good footing. So clearly, um, about eighty guys discrepancy in terms of 262 what's so hard about it is that i followed this like pro day results sheet that like someone put together every pro day result and i actually went through in like early april like the players that tested really well that i felt like you know usually sixth and seventh round that's when those teams take flyers on athletic freaks and i had i made a list of like 55 guys that had really good workouts so it's so hard to like dwindle down from there like okay who of these guys has actual quality film i tried to get through as many of those as possible but it was so late in the process i think like you mentioned ryan josh did a better job uh and got deeper than we did with that but there's so many that are that have you know a 40 inch vertical or close or run four or five or lower uh that there's so many pro days today so many schools we're, we're dipping into d2 and and fcs and d3 um that i think if if you're a high caliber athlete, the NFL will find you today. And we certainly, you know, saw that even as early as the fifth round. Yeah. Out of curiosity. Were there a lot of names from that, that uh, pro day results list that you saw that ended up being drafted? Yeah. I tweeted it. Um, Nazee Johnson was one from Marshall that I did actually watch. I just happened to be, get lucky watching him from Marshall um, got picked by the chiefs. There were a bunch, and there was the the was there a Yale cornerback pick? Yeah, I thought um, the Columbia cornerback might get picked, but it ended up being a guy from Yale, of course. There was like three or four from this list. This little like I, I just wrote it in the drafts of my email to myself, um, like three or four that I was like, I'm glad I watched that guy because he seemed like he was gonna t- like all those players tested of NFL caliber. But there was a lot that I watched, like I think Ryan was saying that kind of felt stupid afterward i'm like i wasted about five or six hours watching a bunch of guys that like barely even got any uh you know attention on the undrafted free agent marks but i think that's the thing that i've learned to do over the years like at the end of the process try to find those big time pro days even if they're small school uh type players because those are the ones that the teams like to take uh you know that roll of the dice on late but there were definitely names where i didn't even not even know which is a bummer but it's just a formality when you're covering an entire draft class that's why teams have 30 plus people in the scouting department, not, not three nuts. Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, quickly, before we, we move on to 2023, I'm trying to put this off as long as possible. If I don't know if you guys know off the top of your head, but I, I made a list of these guys. So the, the guy that I thought was most overdrafted based on where I had them going and where he actually ended up was Tyron Davis price, the running back Me too. for San Francisco. Um, I had him as an undrafted free agent, not as necessarily a bad thing, but just because he just felt like a guy. But then when I went through and read the notes on him, he feels exactly like a Mike Shanahan running back. And I think it's an indictment, probably more of Trey Sermon than anything. And I think he'll probably be successful, but I was surprised that he went uh, late third round. So that was your highest guy too, Traps? Yeah, someone DM'd me about that. Like 
a random one of my Twitter followers, and and that's from looking at my scouting grade book. It was Ty Davis Price. I thought I think I had like a late seventh on him. I was like, okay, you know, like he'll be one of those uh, height, speed, weight types that will get picked there. But see him in the third round when there was still a bunch of backs like Isaiah Spiller still available was pretty surprising. You know, Josh, anyone off the top of your head that stuck stuck out? No, I really don't. I was uh, the ones that fell were the ones that we seem to be more aware of over the course of uh, the eve- the three days, because it's like, why is this guy still here? And that was, mm-hmm. you know, Rasheed Walker, the offensive tackle from Penn yep. State. Um, that was probably the biggest one that I think we had left there until late day three. Uh, Rasheed Walker was my biggest value. Yeah. I had him Ooh. as a, like a, a late second, actually. And I know some teams liked him, not the team that drafted him, but um there were some mine was Marquise Hayes from Oklahoma who went in the set, like one of the last picks in the draft to the Cardinals. Uh I had a, a second round grade on him. And that's like the humbling thing about uh evaluating an entire draft class that you'll get both that you'll get a bunch of prospects on either end of the spectrum there that you're like, this guy feels like a top 100 or top 75 selection, and he's either not picked. Um, or is a seventh rounder, and then you'll have those shockers like Ty Davis Price going in the third round. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's a testament to how people can see players differently too. Because I actually yep. had him about three spots off from where he was drafted, but mm, wow. I had some big misses too. I mean, Tyquan Thornton, I did not think was going to go in the second round, uh, and I know you were much higher on him than I was. So yeah, that was, was probably one of the bigger misses that I that I had. I had Tyquan as a late fifth. I had Marquise Hayes as a late fifth. So. Again, three people watching the same thing, all seeing different things. So, I mean, it's not that to your point, Josh, that's sort of how it feels about right. Um, and the other guys that I sort of missed on Sam Howell, <laughs> not including him. I don't know what the hell happened to Sam Howell. Kalia Davis, I absolutely love, but he had he was he had an injury history. Um, he went late six to San Francisco. And then I mentioned Taekwon is sort of I was not as high on as the Patriots. And uh the other guy, let's see. Um oh. Trapped is uh, James Cook. Um, still unclear to me why he went late second. The Bills fans were really into their feelings because um, I mentioned that he seems more like, uh, whatchamacallit, Devin Singletary than, than what Zach Moss got you. And they were fired up about that. And while they're not the exact same player, that I mean, I don't know that it's a huge like I, I would have taken Isaiah Spiller there, for example. I like Damian Pierce, but Damian Pierce doesn't do what James Cook, what they want James Cook to do, and the whole JD McKissick mm-hmm. thing. I get that, but um, yeah, they, you got to talk to Bills fans about being so soft traps. I mean, they're a good yeah, football they team, get, and their fans are get, such babies. They're definitely very active on Twitter, Bills Mafia, <laughs> and they pick they pick up on any if any media member from any outlet praises the Bills or says anything remotely negative. It's they're definitely very active. I'll just say that. The one uh, that I kind of missed on, I don't know what uh, you guys thought about him. Jojo Doman, the linebacker corner kind of from Nebraska. He was he was older, but like he was making plays on the ball down the field in coverage. Uh, and I kind of felt in a normal draft, if he was you know 23 or 24 years old, he probably would have not gotten picked. But this was a draft of 23 and 24-year-olds all over – this draft class and he didn't even get picked. So I thought that was surprising. I think I had like a third or a fourth round grade on him kind of felt like that drew uh, tranquil type that could be like half linebacker, half safety in today's NFL felt valuable, but that was one of the more humbling uh, non picks in this draft. Jojo Doman from Nebraska. I thought he was a good player. I liked him. And I think you're right. It was age and injuries that, 
that doomed mm-hmm. him. And that that's that's what happened. Because I think I liked him early on day three as well. But before we move on, you can go ahead and defend defend the James Cook pick and you can you can push back on why he's not anything close to Devin Singletary, just so we're on record with that. Cause I don't want Bill's Yeah, to yeah. Let me do that. Um I think the speed, the four four two speed is the biggest uh difference. That Devin Singletary ran not very fast in the twenty nineteen combine. And that's been living in Western New York, my dad's a gigantic Bills fan. Like I, they have always said the fans, like they need more speed at the running back position. Then they draft Zach Moss the next year. And you're like, Oh, he's powerful. He's going to be better on third and one fourth and two, but he's not going to give that game breaking speed to the run game. And now of course the bills are going to pass the ball a ton. They've, they've been kind of ahead of the curve and first down pass rate, passing rate in general, they understand the, efficiency that you get from passing the football but i think the bills and their fans have wanted someone that can hit a 60 or 70 yard touchdown maybe on a screen or just on a classic uh handoff now i agree with josh that i didn't have james cook as a second rounder and i didn't think he was like a tremendous natural runner but like you mentioned the jd mckissick thing falls through and i think the bills clearly had a need or a priority like let's get this truly versatile running back wide receiver hybrid type this offseason. They didn't get it with JD McKissick. That's what they hope James Cook can be. And I mean, there's a lot of targets in that Bills offense. Now that they added Jamison Crowder kind of under the radar. They have Gabe Davis, Diggs, of course. Talil Shakir. Um, so yeah, Shakir. I don't think that like James Cook's going to come in and and get 150 carries as a rookie, but I think they wanted more speed in their backfield. And to me, that was like James Cook's biggest just natural trait on film like beyond being able to catch the football he's just really effortlessly fast i think that's what the bills wanted uh in their running back room yeah i think that's a good explanation i think uh, brandon bean actually called him a sub back so the the, the, to your point Mm -hmm. he's not gonna be carrying the ball a ton i guess that's gonna be devin singletary's job although singletary had uh 40 plus targets last year i think he had 58 the year before so Mm -hmm. i guess they tried to shoehorn him into that role they didn't like it i get it but i do wonder like do you want james cook late second or do you want tyler tyler batty mid six like is there four rounds difference or and, spiller in the fourth round or spiller but yeah you know they weren't trying to hear that so that's all right <laughs> don't get mad get better that's what i've been told so i will try to do that all right let's get to this thing we're 15 minutes in still reliving 2020 let's do the 2023 mock draft lord help us <laughs> they have not been waiting to hit that button uh all right so first things first this isn't really a mock draft. I say it every year. It's sort of a watch list. And yeah, I think that's, that's a good important point. way to think about it because at the end of the day, last year I had uh, Spitter Rattler up there, Sam Howell up there, who we mentioned earlier. And clearly one guy got benched and the other guy got drafted in the fifth round after all his teammates left for the NFL year before and he, he sort of struggled. Um, so that's one thing. The draft order is based on reverse Super Bowl odds by Sportsline. So you can tweet at rj white if you want to be angry about that because I, I think he's looking for more interaction on twitter so he might appreciate that <laughs> but it has nothing to do with me thinking the jets are going to be terrible uh honestly i think they'll probably be much better than they were so at the top so at the quarterbacks because that's sort of where we always start last year was was a rough go for the quarterbacks and that played out in the actual draft um josh i'll start with you and let me ask you a specific question because you're Kentucky. You, you focus on Kentucky recruiting and, and, and the, the the Wildcats during the fall. What are your thoughts on Will Levis, Penn State transfer? Pete Prisco loves this guy. I put him in there just to, so he would shut up about it. Um, I watched <laughs> a little bit of him yesterday while I was taking my son to the to a doctor's appointment. I, I, I watched a little bit of the Mississippi State game. 
Where are you at on Will Levis? I think he probably is going to be a first-round pick. Um, yep. He's got great size. He's got great arm strength, maybe the best in the class. Uh, I was at their pro day this year, and he was actually throwing to some of the guys. Um, and he had this one play where he rolled to his left and threw it about 65 yards. Didn't have to show off because it's you know the, the scouts aren't there to see him, but you could kind of see the scouts exchange some glances like, you know, this – this guy might be something that's coming here, but um, he's got to get his lower body mechanics um, a little bit more in line with what his upper body is doing. I think that's been the biggest issue so far. Uh, I was actually encouraged with how well he uses his eyes to manipulate the defense. Um, great toughness. Um, he's endeared himself to the, the, the team and the community. Uh, he's a great leader, um, you know, smart guy. He's, one thing he's 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 going to be 24 years old this summer that he is drafted, which you know as a quarterback these days that's still going to give you a, a decade of playing time. But um, some teams that are more analytically inclined may take that into consideration. But I think he's got all the traits that you look for in a potential first round pick. He's just got to get the lower body married to the um, upper body, and I think he's you know potentially the first quarterback off the board if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm really excited for Josh to be covering Will Levis next year. Like, I, I'm going to certainly dive into all his film. You will too, Ryan. But the fact that we have like a Kentucky guy that's watched every single snap already and knows Will Levis in what will be a, or what should be a really uh, much stronger quarterback class, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Especially like you mentioned, Ryan, we were just like, uh, this quarterback class isn't very good. We kind of tried to hype it up. I think we were maybe all a little bit incorrect on where these players will be picked at the quarterback spot of course but to have josh being able to break down will levis i think will be a lot of fun and i agree with him i a little sneak peek i have my mock draft coming out monday i have will will levis going number one overall because of what josh mentioned i think the size and the arm talent will really allow teams to gravitate toward him he just kind of has that physical makeup of number one overall picks in the past so um I'll ask you traps and we'll just circle back around here. You mentioned you have him going first overall. Anyone else you have your eye on in that class? I had seven guys going just, you know, for shucks and giggles, as, as the kids say. Yeah. CJ Stroud was my first going to, to Detroit. But again, the, the pairings between the players and the teams don't really mean much. We'll find out more once the season starts. But who else do you like? Um, I Certainly CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. I think their poise that they showed under pressure in big games uh, very early in their college career impeccable and with cj stroud i think his down the field ball placement like that he showed against michigan and then in the rose bowl against utah there was a bunch of like holy shit throws in that game where i was just shocked that he was able mm. to uh like fit him through tight windows what i'll say too that i just checked yours ryan and i'm, I'm not sure about josh's i'm assuming it was close your mock draft last year in may and this is again this is a watch list this is not we're not pairing these teams with players necessarily that's not really the aim of it you had 12 players who ultimately were first round picks i had 11 i'm sure josh was in that vicinity too so i had two i just did the math <laughs> <laughs> that it, it's easy for people to dismiss these and say they're kind of ridiculous but i think uh, uh framing it as a watch list makes a lot of sense and it's not like you know one or two of these guys are, are going to go on the first that's about one third of the first round we ultimately pegged that usually have hype and then live up to it and then go in the first round. So that's just a good uh, kind of stat that I wanted to put out there that 
I would say between 10 to 15 of these players will ultimately go in the first round. But I think after Will Levis, it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. I really like Anthony Richardson too from Florida. Yep. Certainly hasn't showed it on the football field yet in terms of like uh, big time production. But early in the season before his hamstring injury last year, he had like an 80-yard touchdown run on a keeper. He's really got a strong arm. The arm talent is there. Malik Cunningham will be like a super-duper senior, I think, at Louisville. He's very athletic, too. Um, those two other guys outside of the marquee top three with Levis, Stroud, and Bryce Young uh, feel like they could ultimately be first-rounders. And it, it does feel like I, I think Caesars has it at – uh, five and a half or, or six and a half over under quarterbacks in the first round. Uh, that feels like it could be that kind of uh, 2018 type super hype quarterback class that I think will do a lot better for our traffic at CBSSports.com. For, for sure. Uh, Josh, <laughs> let me ask you about Spencer Rattler. Like, I'm just going to keep putting him on these mm. mock drafts until he finally gets drafted in the first round. How do you <laughs> feel about him leaving Oklahoma for South Carolina and in terms of enhancing his chances? Uh, do you think he's going to be... Be, he's going to be able to, to do it uh, above the neck, or is it going to be same old, same old? Well, I think that's ultimately what we're trying to find out. I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine going from Lincoln Riley to just about anybody else is going to be an upgrade for him. But I don't know, you know, what kind of emotions he was going through. They obviously had this highly touted quarterback prospect in Caleb Williams that had come in behind him, and maybe he was feeling a little bit of pressure. I don't know. Um, so all I can do is speculate, but this is a guy that certainly has the talent and the capability to be, uh, an NFL draft pick. Um, and now he's in a fresh situation where he's not going to get a lot of pressure from the, the options behind him. And he's got a fairly good supporting cast. Um, so he's going to have a, a good opportunity to kind of change the narrative around him this year. But, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more gun shy than you are at putting Rattler in no, the first you round. Be. <laughs> The one point that I want to mention from that, I think this will be a fun case study to see a quarterback go from that Lincoln Riley super creative air raid offense that has produced multiple number one overall picks, tons of productivity to just like a quote unquote normal offense. And like we will see it's the ultimate litmus test was Spencer Rattler's freshman season that pushed him into the first round of a lot of these way too early mock drafts last year. Was that simply just a, the byproduct of being the quarterback in Lincoln Riley's offense? Or is he truly like a transcendent type quarterback? I know he was a big recruit, but I'm just excited to see him in an offense that's not so quarterback friendly like Lincoln Riley's offenses. I'm trying to, oh, so let's see. Who is the Georgia quarterback that transferred to West Virginia? What's his name? The, for, the former USC guy. I can't find his name real quick. It was, oh, uh, JT Daniels? Yeah, so JT Daniels. He's on his like Virginia. fifth team. <laughs> JT Daniels is at West Virginia and an hour away, less than an hour away, is Keaton Slovis at Pittsburgh, former USC guy. So the USC quarterbacks are all over the map, and there's a chance they'll be playing each other. Um, all with the you know the portal transfer, all that other stuff, which is something else to keep an eye on. All right, uh, Josh, give me uh, a deep dive. Give me your Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett quarterback that's going to come out of nowhere that folks may not mm. know about that might have a chance to to earn his way into the first round and and like Kenny Pickett go to a team that's probably going to win the Super Bowl next year yeah I'll give uh kind of one Very leftover funny, comment on uh on Levis before I move on here he obviously had Liam Cohen as his offensive coordinator last year Cohen has been hired as the Rams offensive coordinator for the coming season um Cohen's replacement at Kentucky is Rich Scangarello who 
has been a quarterback coach in the NFL for quite a long time. So he's going to get good coaching uh, this upcoming season. So you have to be excited about that and what that could mean for Levis's future. Uh, the quarterback I want to talk about is Miami's Tyler Van Dyke. Um, I had call. an opportunity to watch him recently. Um, you know, maybe we would have talked about Devin Leary from NC State if Brinson had, you know, had actually <laughs> shown up for the podcast, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> we'll talk about a different ACC quarterback instead. And I think Tyler Van Dyke is a guy that, you know, throws with touch and accuracy down the field. He's got good size. Um, maybe not some of the mobility that others in this class are going to have, but um, you see the type of plays that he's able to make with his arm. And I think um, for that reason, he's going to be a first round consideration for many teams uh, next year. Yeah. I had him how, in this mock draft thing here. What do you got trapped? How about Emory Jones who just transferred to Arizona state? He was the big recruit that actually was able to fend off Anthony Richardson at Florida to be the starter there. And with Emory Jones, he's like, Six foot three, 220, 230 pounds. Like he has the size of what teams normally look for in first round quarterbacks. The athleticism is there. He's never been able to put it together as a passer, but I wonder with Herm Edwards there at Arizona State, a lot of former NFL coaches on that staff, maybe if he has a decent season or a strong season with out there being a ton of expectations at Arizona State, Emory Jones could be someone that maybe you won't ascend to be the number one overall pick but that we could be saying, hey, look, this was a big recruit. The athleticism's there. The size is there. Now he's finally put it all together in his final season on a new team with a new program. So I have uh, three players here, and I'll start with the smallest. And I do wonder now if teams are going to start shying away from small quarterbacks because this year's class had plenty <laughs> of small quarterbacks, and, and none of them went went early. Uh, but I'll start with uh, Talia Tangavaloa, who actually mm. – He's not a bad player. I watched him last year, and then I can't remember the game, but he threw four, four interceptions. Prior to that, he he looked pretty good, and he looked like he had a better arm than his brother, Tua. Um, I don't know if he'll be a first-round pick, and he's also only 5'11", so that's something to, to to consider. But he he was he flashed at times. I don't think he's a bad football player. So he's 5'11", that's a concern. But K.J. Jefferson out of Arkansas is a big kid, and he's athletic, 6'3", 245, and he moves certainly better than the 245 indicates. Uh, I want to see what he does this year. And then finally, Tanner McKee is 6'6", the, the quarterback out of Stanford. And um, he got some buzz during the fall. He came back to school, which I thought was probably the right decision. Um, you know, if Davis Nielsen had come back to school, we've said this plenty. He probably would have been the first quarterback taken from this class. He's still mm -hmm. the Texan starter, so it worked out for him. But um, in terms What about of Jake Hayner? Jake Hayner, you guys, you guys both talked him up last year before he returned to school. Did he transfer or is he still Fresno State? He... I think he removed himself from the portal. Josh would probably have a better grasp on that than I would, but I, th I think he was going to, and I never saw that he landed somewhere else. He's another smaller type, but made yeah. a lot of big-time throws and, and kind of has that, if you want to just label every small white quarterback Baker Mayfield, he kind of has that Baker Mayfield kind of toughness to his game. But did he transfer, Josh? Do you know? I don't think no, he, he he entered the portal and then um, they hired a new head coach who I'm, I'm blanking on right now, but he decided to stay – uh, with that coach because they had a history. So um, gotcha. he's still at Fresno State. All right, so they're the quarterbacks, and, you know, this list is going to change markedly between now and 50, 51, 50 and a half weeks from now. So um, all the more reason to keep coming back every week and seeing how these guys fluctuate up and down the old draft board. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, let's move to the defense. And I think... I don't even think I, I I'm almost certain that if Will Anderson were in this draft class, he'd have been the first defensive player taken, maybe mm. the first player taken. So traps, are you taking Will Anderson over Trayvon Walker's traits? If you're the Jaguars, had he been in the yes. draft class? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I think with Will Anderson, you have really good traits too. I mean, he's not, I'm pretty sure he's not six, five, two seventy. He looks smaller than, than that on film, but the productivity over his first two seasons, the efficiency as a pass rusher was tremendous. I think he's a great run defender too. He's just really, really powerful, explosive. Uh, I think right now you probably have to lean toward quarterback being the number one overall pick just because of the positional value and that we have these hyped players that were underclassmen, but the first non-quarterback to go off the board, it feels like it's going to be Will Anderson from Alabama. I agree. He would have been at least, or, or at worst, a top five pick in this draft class. He probably should have gotten some more Heisman votes because I think he was that good of a player at Alabama. So he's 6'4", 245. That's what he's listed at. Um, okay. He uh, allegedly ran a 4'5", He plays that fast. He, he'll be 22 yeah. when he starts his rookie season in the NFL. Um, his birthday is September 2nd, as I look at it here. So fingers crossed that he doesn't have any issues with branding and crypto because Kayvon Thibodeau 12 months ago was a slam dunk first overall pick and he, he fell to five. Uh, Josh, Will Anderson's obviously a dude. Anyone else that you like up there at the top on the defensive side of the ball that, that really uh, we should be talking about? Miles Murphy from Clemson, mm. uh, defensive lineman. I, I love him. I mean, he's 6'5", 275, uh, kind of like Trayvon Walker in that he could probably play on the edge, but um, you know, has that hybrid size. So you're kind of wondering what he's going to become. I'm not concerned with that. I mean, this guy's a football player. He's got speed. He's got power. Um, he can rush from the inside, but he's a guy that I'm confident in playing in run situations um, on the edge as well. So I, I love Miles Murphy. He's a top 10 player for me um, comfortably. I mean, he, he's easily one of the best prospects in this class, in my opinion. So uh, that's one that I'm looking at early this year. I can't. What are you having time to watch all these guys? Like I literally have only seen these guys in passing while watching the 2022 class and you're already 50 deep. What do you do? I mean, are you neglecting your, your son? How old is your son now? Is he even a year old? 
Yeah, he is. He'll be. Um, <laughs> Are you be neglecting six. yourself? Does he know what you look like? <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's seen pictures of me up until. I was going to say, what are you uh, doing? He'll, he'll be 16 months here in less than a week. So. Oh, okay. So he's walking. Oh yeah, he's walking. He's yeah. running. All that good stuff. Yeah, he's That's... a handful. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> it was funny today. My dog is actually um, 13, and you know he's 13, going on a million. So. It's it's now like I have a as I said to my wife, is there an old folks home for dogs? So I'm doing is it's like I'm cleaning up after this dog all the time. Like he's he's like a eight hundred year old grandfather. Um, but I used to say when when my my kids were, were your kids age right now that and our dog was much younger. Ninety five percent of my day was spent repeating myself. The other five percent was cleaning up poop. And I, I'm returning <laughs> to that now because this dog is is having some some BM issues. <laughs> oh, man, what a what a time to be alive. But anyway, uh, Josh is able to change diapers, watch his son and grind tape uh, early May. Let me ask you traps. Uh, Jalen Carter's the guy that Prisco wouldn't quit talking about during the, during the actual 22 draft. It's the best player in that defense. I don't know how much you've seen of him, but I'm, I'm sure he flashed number 88 as you were watching uh, the five or six other guys that ended up going in the top 100 for Georgia. Yeah. If there is a player, like I just mentioned that I, I think Will Anderson should be the odds on favor to be the first non quarterback picked in the 2023 draft. If there's someone that can be that candidate to unseat Will Anderson, I think it would be Jalen Carter and that he's explosive. He's long. Um, kind of like Josh has mentioned with Murphy, he can play up and down the line of scrimmage. He has an NFL frame. And I think, and this is important. This is why I didn't really love Trevon Walker. I think he's a great pass rusher right now. And I get it. And I heard it a million times at Georgia. They asked their defensive lineman to do a bunch of different things. I thought they let Jalen Carter get up the field, uh, a great run defender too. So he's someone that feels like that elite prospect when you're standing out as an underclassman. And when like the whole defense gets drafted and you might be the best one, I think that's a good sign for the season that you're in store to have uh, and where you'll ultimately land in the first round. Yeah. And that's the case for both Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. And then, on the opposite side of Will Anderson is Dallas Turner, number 15, who's not even draft eligible this year. And he could he could end up being a, a dude as well. He was a dude last year, but he could end up being a really uh, a, the next great edge rusher to come come out of the SEC when when his number is called. Uh, had someone uh, a source reach out and, and saw the the mock draft there and said that they didn't love Nolan Smith out of Georgia and they weren't as a first rounder and they didn't they didn't love Brandon Joseph. Um hmm. Who's now Notre Dame? Like again, not as a first rounder. And they had someone at, at Notre Dame say that, "Look, um, we're great. We're glad to have him, but he he's not going to come close to replacing Kyle Hamilton, which I think we could probably all agree on." But again, I'm glad Brandon Joseph came back to school and has that opportunity to prove himself. Uh, is there anyone on that list that that you saw and just sort of, Josh, made you think that, yeah, I don't know, because I know last year I had Jalen Catalan going in the first round at one point, and I know you weren't super high on him. He went back to school. I think he got hurt, so he's back at Arkansas for another year. Yeah, Catalan's kind of an undersized player. Uh, my biggest issue with him was that he had a lot of missed tackles. Uh, easily one of the more dynamic defensive players. I mean, kind of like a, a Buda Baker in that regard. Um, the one that kind of is a little bit higher for me than maybe what the consensus has been to this point is Jordan Addison. Oh, now for so agent good. wide receiver. So good. So um, good. You don't love him, is that what you're saying, or you do love him? I don't. No, I don't. Oh. I, I, I mean, he's looked a little tentative across the middle. He's got some concentration drops, stuff like that. that that's the quarterback's you know, fault. Be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Pitts, Pittsburgh has led Pittsburgh has led the nation in drops like three consecutive years. So that's uh, you know. By the I way, don't, I don't think that's Pickett's fault. I, um, <laughs> let me ask you, Josh, as a Browns fan, 
Uh, are you happy with the picket pick? Does it concern you at all? Where are you at on that? No, it doesn't concern me. Um, you know, he's a good football player, but when you're talking about having Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and, um, you know, Deshaun Watson and the AFC North, like, you know, Pickett's going to have to do quite a bit to move the needle, even though I think he's walking into probably um, one of the better situations that he could have walked into because they do have some talent on that side of the ball. Obviously, I would like to see the offensive line be a little bit more improved, but he has no, some you skill wouldn't. talent that he can distribute. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You know what? I I, I wouldn't. Um, but so they've percentage got the skill wise, talent. Let me ask this. Percentage-wise, how much um, – more concerned were you with Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati as opposed to Kenny Pickett? I was pretty concerned, uh, primarily because um, <laughs> He's you know, that one that one tugged at the uh, the heartstrings a little bit because Joe Burrow grew up about a half an hour away from where I'm from, and it's just not an easy area to make it out of. Um, you know, so I was rooting for him every step of the way, and he had to go to a division rival, of course. But mm. uh, Joe Burrow, what he did in his final season with the Tigers was just incredible. I mean, what they were able to accomplish on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, I had a feeling he was going to be a problem uh, long-term for, for Cleveland and most of the NFL. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, that's been correct so far. Yeah. I've talked myself into Kenny Pickett at, at the time. I didn't love it at 20. I didn't hate it. I was like, yeah, lukewarm on it, but I think it, I came, I've now decided to come from it from the perspective of there are only 15 first round grades that some teams purportedly had. Yeah. You got him in the second round and that's where he should have gone. So <laughs> Whatever, we'll see what happens. But uh, back to Jordan Addison and your Jordan Addison sl- uh, slander, which I, I can't believe you're you're putting that on <laughs> on the YouTube's. Yeah, I mean, I, I've pretty much covered it to this point. Obviously, he's uh, pretty. He's been a he's been uh, very popular of late. Um, you know, with some some uh, NIL deals and some other institutions looking into his services. Um, I just like to see him clean some stuff up. I mean, he's, he's got good speed after the catch, that kind of stuff, but, uh, would like to see him clean up some other stuff. All right. Traps defend Jordan Addison, defend his honor. Okay. I thought he was sensational. I, I did see the drops on film, uh, and he is smaller. So that could ultimately be something that causes him to fall a little, but it feels like, I mean, John Dotson was what, 5'10", 176 or something, and he goes in the first round to the commanders, like relatively high in the first round. Kind of feels like a better version of Jahan Dotson to me that uh, the route running ability is there, the uh, speed down the football field. I think he's a little better after the catch than Jahan Dotson was. And I think if he lands, like there's some rumors that that he was uh, training with Bryce Young out in California, the Alabama quarterback. If he lands in that, in that Alabama offense – uh, and and has Bryce Young throwing him the football, I think he could be in for a monstrous season. And, of course, we know now not only is Alabama just a defensive factory, but now they're a wide receiver, a first-round wide receiver factory. So I think he could be kind of the next in line, especially if he lands at Alabama. And it feels like if you're Jordan Addison, you should go to a, a, a program, of course, that could win, but your quarterback should certainly be of the top priority in terms of where you're going to transfer. Sweet mercy. That's disrespectful to Keaton Slovis. He can't, he can't find a landing spot or a wide receiver that wants to stay. All right. Uh, traps. I don't know if Jordan Addison's your number one, if not, give me your, your number one in this draft class. If, if he is, give me your number two. Are we talking receiver or just yeah receivers? Um, let me pull this up very quickly. I, I thought Jackson Smith and from Ohio state in watching every Ohio state game, basically, uh, because of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, obviously, that there were games where Smith Najigba was the best receiver in that 
room and on the field in those games. So he's going to go into the summer as my number one receiver, um, a little bit bigger than Jordan Addison, but he's not, you know, crazy big. I don't think he needs to be. I think he, from a standstill, his burst and acceleration and then clicking it into top gear, I think is as good as anyone in this draft class. Uh, and I really like Josh Downs at North Carolina. He kind of yeah. uh, fell off a little bit down the stretch. If I remember correctly, watching Sam Howell, but another one, he's, he's kind of a small separator. I think he's very good um, yards after the catch in the screen game, the, the quick, easy RPOs over the middle. Uh, he was someone that I thought had like felt like a first rounder in watching his film. So those two are near the top of my list. I have Jordan Addison up there as well. And one other name, bigger player, Quentin Johnston from TCU. He's kind of lanky uh, and kind of is awkward when he's taking some hits uh, at times because there's just such a big target to for corners and and safeties to, to ultimately hit him. But I think at his size, with his speed, the big playability that he showed at TCU, Quinton Johnston is someone that kind of looks a little bit different than some of the other top receivers in this draft class. All right, Josh, if uh, Jordan Addison is undraftable in your mind, who do you like the best? I'm like the wide receivers. Yeah, let's not go putting words in my mouth. There's no way that comes back to bite me. I know. This won't show uh, up on Twitter. Don't worry about it. We've got to talk about Keishon Butte from LSU. I mean, he is awesome name too. Very yeah. physical player, kind of Jamar Chase like. I haven't watched enough to know if he's Jamar Chase. I think he wears number one as well, right? Um, let's see. Did he single digit for sure? Yeah. So go ahead. I'll look it up. You know, I don't. I don't know if he's got the same jump ball tendencies. I haven't watched enough yet. But a guy that can make plays after the catch. He's good in space. He's got that physicality. Just the body structure that you see from Jamar Chase. I mean, you see the comparison. It's very easy, great speed. Um, I think he's only 19 years old, you know, right now. So this is a very young player that plays much more physical and mature than what his age would indicate. Um, mm -hmm. Keishon Butte is one that uh, I, th I think needs to be heavily discussed. You're one right, more name I forgot 19. that I want to just throw in quick. Uh, Zay Flowers from Boston College. He was someone that I thought, like even last year, I think even in my – way too early top 100 or top 50. I had him relatively high up the board. And then he was good with uh, their quarterback there at uh, BC. That's going to be on the draft radar as well. Jerkovic. Yeah. Jerkovic with a big arm. He's smaller. He's kind of like a, feels like a slot only wide receiver, but super explosive. The change of direction ability is good. Uh, the contact balance is there. It kind of feels like a Wendell Robinson who went in the second round of the giants from Kentucky that Josh knows well. Zay Flowers is someone that's been on the draft radar for multiple seasons now that I think is in for a big 2022 and could go a little bit earlier than people think, especially what in looks like this super deep, once again, wide receiver class. Yeah, I think these wide receivers are going to be deep for the year for years to come just because that's how these high school offenses are going. And obviously, college yep. is, is following suit. I'm um, looking through the list of names here that didn't make the first round. Chris Adam Bell out of Minnesota's. Someone to keep an eye on. And then if we talk about tight ends, Michael Mayer is going to be, he's going to be the talk of tight ends this year and um, deserve it. What about so. Eric Gilbert too, from Georgia, Eric Gilbert, he transferred, where did he transfer from? He went from LSU to Florida to there Georgia. You go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And Jaheel Billingsley left Alabama to go to Texas. If he can sort of stay focused and uh, clean up the inconsistencies. I like him a lot in terms of the athleticism. And then Will Mallory was sort of on the draft radar last yeah. year at the U, and he came back. I'm not sure if he had injuries or not, but that quarterback situation was up and down there for a while. So he and Van Dyke will be someone to watch as well. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about with this 2023 
mock draft traps. Yours is coming out. Has yours come out, Josh? No, I'm the Monday after. Oh, okay. Mm. So you have time to yeah to to continue grinding the tape. On it the... feels like it feels like it's going to be a good edge rusher class again. I mean, uh, Josh already mentioned Murphy from Clemson. I think his teammate Trenton Simpson, who's an off-ball linebacker, but was like the number one off-ball linebacker recruit a couple of years ago. From the little film that I've watched of him of that uh, Clemson defense, kind of has some uh, Micah Parsons-esque ability that they mm. used him as a blitzer and edge rusher a lot. He's long but very chiseled already early in his college career. Trenton Simpson is a name uh, to keep an eye on. And two players, I'm going to butcher their names. Uh, I have the pronunciation right here. Zion. No, Zion Tupua Fatui from Washington. He was on the radar 2022. But I liked him injured. last year. Yeah, yeah he good. was. His film was like, holy crap. Like he was speed to power conversion, pass rush moves, bend. And then Felix Anudike Uzama from Kansas State, another one, was one of the highest sack total guys in college football last season. Uh, who knows how he'll ultimately play this year. And, and, and we've seen a lot of these guys that have high level productivity early and then can't match it later in their careers. And then Will McDonald from Iowa state, another one that's been on the draft radar because of his productivity uh, early in his career as a freshman, a sophomore and a junior. I just feel like it, it's going to be par for the course, good quarterback class, good receiver class and good edge rusher group, because those are the premier positions, not only in the NFL, but in the college football level too. All right. We'll get out of here on this. Josh, give me uh, one or two teams that are going to be in the quarterback market next draft uh, mm. based on your ability to Everybody. see into the future. Based on my ability to see into the future, I will say um, Seattle, certainly. Mm. Uh, maybe Atlanta. Wow. Depending on, depending on how long they're, you know, because if you're in a position to take one of these top quarterbacks, you're not going to pass on one just because you took Desmond That's Ritter right. in the third sure, round. The That's third the round. only, that's the only argument for that. Uh, maybe Tennessee, you know, yeah. I don't think they're going to be high enough to draft one, but uh, that's a team, um, you know, Philadelphia. We'll see what happens yeah. with Jalen Hurts this year. He's suddenly got um, everything that he needs to be successful. So if you don't walk away feeling good about him th this year, maybe that's an option. Uh, and then I'll, I'll leave it at that. Cause you know, there's a couple more, but I don't want to, I don't want to take any more from you guys. Those are good ones. What do you got traps? How about the Giants? I'm not thinking that Daniel Jones is going to have this breakout year. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. They didn't pick up the, that option. Uh, I like what they did in the draft and then uh, free agency, but I just feel like by year two, Joe Shane and Brian Dable, seeing this quarterback class, are going to be like, we're going to pick our guy. Um, and then what do you guys think? And maybe this is just to kind of make the Bills Mafia feel a little better. What do you guys think about the Dolphins? Like, are you guys envisioning a breakout season with Tyreek Hill for Tua? I'm kind of on the fence about it because I, what I've seen from Tua in his first two seasons, I would say, yeah, they're going to move on from him. But the situation is so much better going into the season that it's been in the past. Yeah, um, he's gotten better each and every year, but not to the point where you're like, oh, that's why we took him the pick before Justin Herbert went to the Chargers. Yeah, in fact, that's exactly. I had Spencer Rattler going to the Dolphins at 27, which would be the ultimate slap in the face of Dolphins fans to go from Tua to Spencer Rattler. <laughs> but I think the Dolphins is a fair one to ask about. Um, the Giants is a fair one to ask about. What about the teams last year that drafted quarterbacks? Which one of those, of that crew, five of them, is going to be, like, what if, what if Zach Wilson throws four touchdowns and, and 27 interceptions? Like, are, are we, like, uh, like, we just talked about the Dolphins having everything around Tua. 
like one of those guys, like Trey Lance. What if Trey Lance has similar numbers to the made-up Zach Wilson's numbers? At what point are we like, okay, back to the drawing board? Well, isn't there some speculation already that like the 49ers aren't happy with Trey Lance? I saw that like going around Twitter yesterday, and I was like, is that just a made-up rumor? Or because if that's the case, I could see that ultimately, uh, you know, having to kind of redo the entire rebuilding process for the 49ers moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo, but having traded up for Trey Lance, they don't really have a lot of ammunition to ultimately do that. So they're kind of almost stuck with Trey Lance. I could see the Jets being like, Hey, Zach Wilson, like we've added Garrett Wilson, uh, a lot of pieces on defense. So you're not going to be in as big of holes. If Zach Wilson doesn't take that pretty noticeable year two leap that we've seen from other quarterbacks, um, who have gone on to become stars, I could see the Jets being in the market too. Yeah, it's probably the Patriots. Um, it's, Ooh, it's, I knew it was it's time to move on from Mac Jones. <laughs> Daily ba- uh, Bailey's happy time? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> clipped that. That was a joke. I, I did not mean that. Yeah, you meant it. Um, yeah, AFC Championship game, Mac Jones versus Kenny Pickett. You heard it here first, so I look forward to that. All right, that's all we got. Josh Allen, get out of here with your popcorn arm. Clip that, Bill's face. <laughs> in fact, James Cook is I'm, I'm like filling into Brinson's shoes. James Cook is, isn't even as good a running back as Josh Allen. Take that, Bill's fans. <laughs> oh Lord. All right, you, that's it. That's all we got. His, did you see his Panthers rant? I I saw okay, I went to YouTube to see what you numb nuts were talking about. And I saw the headline and I said, I'm not clicking that. Did you see how many dislikes it got? The most in pick six podcast history. I thought you could no longer give dislikes on YouTube. Like they broke, he broke, (laughs) they found a way. (laughs) They broke the algorithm. And because Uh, uh, Brinson's rant was so epic, it got the most ever. Epic is one word for it. I'm sure it was asinine, would be a better (laughs) word for it. Um, I mean, it's the the Panthers. Oh, I bet he leaned. I don't know. Like he got in trouble with the Panthers because he kept calling like a dog dookie organization. So, well, like, he, he probably lost- got an, another tax from his source or whatever the case may be because he really <laughs> laid into him hard for the Macarel pick. Yeah, he's not one to back away from from bad publicity. So, <laughs> uh, With that in mind, Brinson will be back, assuming he, he doesn't get killed by a bear on his camping trip. He'll be back uh, for the next podcast. All right, guys, peace out. We'll be back later to talk more draft later in the summer, I'm sure. Until then, thanks for joining us, everybody. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.